This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where you learn how to invest in real estate 365 days a year. I'm your host, Tyler. The following article comes from the blog at biggerpockets.com, but you can't read the blog when you're commuting to work or getting your Airbnb ready for your next guest. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Here's why I'm so freaking bullish on real estate. By Phil McAllister. Real estate has some special and important characteristics that make it more attractive than any investing alternative right now. Stocks are horrendously overvalued, and running a business requires all sorts of risks and headaches like fickle consumers, employee issues, and competition out the wazoo. Real estate is very broad and allows you to choose specific assets, markets, submarkets, tenants, leverage points, partners, asset classes, and strategies. These variables allow you to fine-tune a strategy that can work in all sorts of economic conditions. There are demographic tailwinds at work, combining with government policies and supply issues that all support a bullish thesis on residential real estate. Industrial, manufactured homes, senior housing, and self-storage also have some of these features at play to varying degrees. I believe the last recession has left an incorrect impression on many people who believe that real estate will get crushed with the next recession. Here, I'll show you that many forms of real estate tend to do quite well during a recession, and if you do it right, a recession might actually present exciting buying opportunities. Disclaimers. Number one, I think it is fair in some respects to call this another housing bubble in the sense that prices are getting out of control. The implication is that it will violently pop and soon. What I hope to demonstrate is that's a tough call to make. Number two, I think the stock market is in a bubble of epic proportions and actually may pop violently in the near future. 
Stocks can crash without an economic recession, but if it pops, it may cause a psychological ripple effect in the economy. Number three, I think a recession is definitely possible, but I don't necessarily think it will crush real estate investors who are smart. The largest segment of the U.S. population is just now getting to the age where they'll start to look to buy homes. On top of that, the government just started sending out monthly checks of up to 300 bucks per child per month. A family with three kids will be getting $750 to $900 every month for the rest of the year. I believe this credit will get renewed in January, or potentially indefinitely as a backdoor method to move toward UBI. A lot of that money is going to go towards housing. And builders literally can't build houses at prices that are affordable to the typical buyer. What happens when demand is high and supply can't catch up? If you answered, prices go up, move to the front of the class. Looking forward, we may see renewed first-time homebuyer credits, student loan forgiveness, and infrastructure projects on the political front. These will all spur more housing demand by directly pumping funds into the hand of borrowers, or in the case of infrastructure, by bidding up the cost of materials and labor in the construction industry. What about a recession? It turns out real estate usually does pretty well in a crappy economy, not necessarily in the midst of severe recessions, but in economics where growth is meager and inflation is low. The reason? Interest rates stay low in that environment as there are lots of bank deposits and a lack of good places to invest, so capital flows into the areas that go steady even without high growth. People will always need places to live and keep their stuff, so capital flows out of higher growth, exciting investments, and into real estate. We have a chart at biggerpockets.com in this article, the GDP per capita in each recovery period since 1950. Very interesting. You want to check that out. And when you do, you'll notice that if we exclude two very brief recovery periods sandwiched between the double-dip recessions in the mid-1950s and early 1980s, our economic growth over the past 20 years has been less than stellar and well above all of the other recoveries. The root causes here are manifold, but chief among them are reckless Federal Reserve policy and high government spending and deficits, which serve to crowd out private investment and allocate resources to less productive areas of the economy. And how did residential real estate do during that period? Pretty freaking well, all things considered. Now we take a look at how prices did during recessions. Generally speaking, housing prices don't get hurt too badly during a recession. The 08 recession was different because the root cause of the problem was housing, and housing took the brunt of the correction. What's different this time? We all know that there aren't many 100% LTV no-doc liar loan mortgages out there. The vast majority of mortgages, especially as the pandemic ramped up, were given to very creditworthy buyers. Lastly, as crazy as it seems, housing may be more affordable than you think. I pulled quarterly median sales price, 30-year mortgage rates, and disposable personal income data. I assumed a 20% down payment on the house value over time and applied the interest rate at the time to come up with a payment on the median home. Then, divide that by disposable personal income and voila! Due to extremely low interest rates and decent growth in disposable income, 
Housing, at least from a cash flow perspective, is more affordable than it's ever been. That's not to say that the down payment isn't incredibly onerous at these levels or that people don't have other bills to deal with that they didn't have before, like student loans or auto loans and more money going towards cell phones and other tech. This is also quite artificial given Fed policy on interest rates, and it could come crashing down if interest rates rise significantly for a prolonged period. Nonetheless, the fact that the mortgage payment on the median home now accounts for only half of what it did at the peak of the last bubble is extremely telling information. When I put all of this together, multiple factors boosting demand, restricted supply, general real estate performance during recessions, I start to feel pretty bullish, and I don't fear recessions. How it might go wrong. You've got to know what can go wrong and how to avoid it if you're going to navigate these choppy waters. The two major factors that can really hurt us here are, one, a sustained spike in interest rates, and two, a severe enough recession that lasts long enough to make our properties insolvent in the eyes of the bank, and therefore unable to refinance or recapitalize. Interest rates. I could see a spike on the 10-year treasury, maybe even back toward 3%, but I don't see it lasting. Remember, we've got this crappy economic situation. As good as current stats are for housing, they're equally bad for the broader economy. And the more debt an economy has, the less likely it is able to grow rapidly. You get high interest rates when the economy is strong and there are a lot of viable investment options. When banks need to compete hard for deposits and there are lots of opportunities to lend money. We've got gobs of debt, a declining working age population, and the banks have tons of deposits and few high-quality lending opportunities. I think interest rates will likely have cyclical increases but generally remain in the long-term downward trend we've seen for decades. Yes, if the politicians really screw it up, interest rates will probably shoot higher. But I can't bet on that as my base case. Economic refinance risk. The way we avoid this problem is by structuring our deals properly. In a nutshell, this means moderating the leverage, focusing on long-term fixed-rate debt, and making sure to have plenty of capital reserved for capital expenditures or short-term disruptions to cash flow. So here's an example for you. Let's assume you pay a 5% cap for a deal with a 60% loan, fixed at 3% interest for 10 years. Assume 3% rent growth and 2% expense growth, and you plan on holding long-term. You can see a chart on exactly what that would look like and all the math right laid out for you at biggerpockets.com. Just search for Bullish Real Estate 2021 and you'll find it. I'm really bullish on real estate because supply demand dynamics favor further gains. Because the crappy economy will benefit real estate on a relative basis and attract a lot of capital. Because interest rates are likely to remain low barring a real freakout about inflation, and because good real estate investors can structure and underwrite deals unique to a given property, market, situation, and investor base to mitigate some of the greatest risks that would occur if we get a recession. Yes, there are risks. There are black swans that no one can see coming except those guys on the internet that scream about it every straight day for 10 years until they're finally right. But that's what investing is. 
taking appropriate risks to generate strong returns. If you're not comfortable with that, stick with treasury bills. For me, I'm comfortable taking smart risks that are managed through a strong investment process, from research to valuation to structuring to management. That's today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. But in the meantime, check out the Bigger Pockets bookstore at biggerpockets.com/store. You can learn about flipping, rental properties, negotiating, note investing, burr, and more. Most titles are available as audiobooks too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in 24 hours.